0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I was gonna say, like, right off the bat, is that we probably should just do a content warning for this episode, because the book is so intense, that, like, even I was like, whoa, and yeah. so, like, if people, people might need a heads up, then that <laughs> that's the case. Um, so I guess I did just start recording, so, hi! Hello, regular Drews. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, how's it going? <laughs> How do we start these things? I totally forgot. Um, Welcome to episode 72. <laughs> we are going to be discussing today Nancy Drew Files number seven, Deadly Doubles.
0: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? I'll learn that from the Nancy Drew detective. Okay, go
1: you think you can follow the clues and solve the case of the missing condiment Nancy
0: Drew?
1: <laughs> because I've read every Nancy Drew mystery ever
0: written. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. Wow, you suck at this Nancy Drew stuff. You should get a new hobby. My name is Carson Drew and this is my assistant Nancy. Nancy. Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. It's Drew. curtains for you, Miss Drew. Nancy. Nancy Drew. A regular Nancy Drew. This one is intense. Very dark. Mm
1: -hmm. Very intense. And yes, I was saying we needed to give a content warning. The amount of guns... Yeah. That are in this book is like, like so much. <laughs> like I can't even like a lot, like a lot. Like there's pretty much a gun on every page, um, so more guns than mystery, unfortunately. Right. So content warning for guns. Content warning for death because there is death in this book. Also, talk torture. Um,
0: lots of it, actually. Lots of
1: torture and kidnapping. Um, kidnapping, and also I don't know. If this is something you should give a warning of, but like a lot of talk of like, uh, revolution and, uh, um, political uprisings politi- and, right. Yeah. So that's, that's really intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, uh, welcome
0: to episode 72 did <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think you'd get all that out of a tennis book, huh? No, I, I sure did it. I sure did not
1: Um, I thought, I mean, based on the cover, I thought we were going to get Sexy Tennis Men. Um, although I guess there is a guy back there with a gun on the cover of it, so maybe that should have been a clue. But honestly, like, this cover feels totally undescriptive to me of the book. Like, this guy, we never even, I, I mean, presumably this is supposed to be Teresa's boyfriend. I think so, yeah. But he's in it for, like, five seconds and we never even technically meet him. Like...
0: Yeah, he's just, like, in a hallway one time, and then he... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes missing.
1: So... W- w- it should have been Nancy and Teresa on the cover of it. That would have been interesting. Like, in, like, a back-to-backs, kind of, like... That would have been cute. double... Right? Mm-hmm. One of them's holding a tennis racket. Right. And Nancy's holding, like, a flashlight or something. I don't know.
0: I have to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the cover art or Nancy on this art. She...
1: Mm -hmm. It's just not
0: how I pictured her or any of the scenes in this book. No. I don't know. Also, the hair is wild. (laughs) It's (laughs) wild. This book was
1: 1987, and it shows here for sure. It's like, I mean, like, it's big, and that's normal and to be expected, but I think it's like the sideburn action that's (laughs) kind of subtly going on on the cover of this is what's freaking me out.
0: The mystery of where is Nancy's hairbrush? Um... (laughs) too funny.
1: Um but yeah, I didn't love it. <laughs> no. I think my biggest issue is that it, the beginning of it was really felt really incoherent to me. Mm-hmm. Um I think it made more sense by the end of it, but I feel like the introduction that we got in the book was not um was not coherent enough for us to be able to follow what was happening at the beginning and so once you're like in it you're like wait what and yeah we don't learn about the mystery through nancy like nancy already knows about the mystery and we're just kind of like shunted into mm-hmm. it into very dramatic very um high stakes situations very quickly it happens really um, fast yeah so fast chapter two she gets kidnapped <laughs> and i'm like this is like actually is it chapter one it might be chapter one
0: it might be the end of chapter one
1: it's yeah like the end of chapter one the beginning of chapter two yeah
0: yeah it definitely is
1: (laughs) so like i mean i get that like this is technically a spy novel in disguise it's really more thriller than it is mystery um but i feel like even with that like the build-up like there was no build-up it was just like going 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 Mm going going end and i just want like you just need like a rising action a climax and a falling action right (laughs) right um and i just feel like there was no there was nothing working us up to that it was just we're in it yeah um and i don't know maybe some people would enjoy that but i i need a little bit more of a slow start i think for a book for me to be able to enjoy it
0: right
1: but also i think yeah like you were saying, it just, it doesn't feel like a mystery. It doesn't feel like a a typical Nancy Drew book. I, I would almost go far as to say that it doesn't feel like the book is about Nancy Drew. Um, and I think, I just don't think, I think it could have been any other character in place of Nancy and it would have been the same book. Um, it doesn't feel like Nancy was the character that we're reading about it just feels like some
0: spy lady (laughs) you know yeah Uh, yeah yeah no I I feel like this one just like Nancy gets kidnapped and then there's just a bunch of action and then they just kind of like sit around and wait for the government officials to do Mm -hmm. all the action and while Nancy just like gets weird with her parent trap thing and tries to interrogate Teresa the whole time I don't know it just feels like they're just, like, not really doing anything, even though there's Mm -hmm. a lot happening. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's not a lot of investigation, but there's a lot of action. Yes. Yeah, there's no investigation, really. Mm
1: -mm. No. I mean, it's... I I understand what they're trying to make it. They're trying to make it that they are looking for the list. Like, that's supposed to be what the investigation is. There's Mm -hmm. this hit list, right, that we'll talk about, and Nancy's trying to find it. But there's... I mean, they look for it, like, twice, and they find it the second time. So. (laughs) Not a huge mystery. It's more of just, like, the scariness of, like, where is the list? What happens when the list gets out? Right. Yeah. So that's why I say it's more of a thriller than a mystery. Definitely. Definitely. And just outrunning the hitman the whole time. Yeah. Who's chasing Mm -hmm. them. Yep. Just worried that somebody is going to just snipe them at any moment, which sometimes happens. So... Unfortunately, yeah. Not an unfounded fear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, three words?
1: Yeah. um, uh, Yeah, I want to say guns, guns, guns. But I know that we'll just do guns as (laughs) as one one word.
0: (laughs) Oh... um. I'd say tennis, but that's like the least important part of this mystery. So seriously, never, never mind. It could have
1: been they could have been doing anything else. Yeah. Um. It, they okay. I feel like very often they skip eating. Like they always talk about, oh, we need to eat, and then we don't eat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a good one.
1: Yeah. So I feel like missing meals needs to be one missing of them.
0: Meal. Guns, missing meals, and then South American uh, political drama. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> United States uh inter- interference with mm-hmm. <laughs> South American mm-hmm. government. Mhm. Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> mhm.
1: I do want to say too, right off the bat that the country that um is currently in the midst of revolution, the South American country is made up. Mm-hmm. Um but it could be any of them. <laughs>
0: So it is, they call it um, San Carlos, and when I Mm -hmm. first started reading the book, I just assumed that it was a city within the country, and that we weren't going to really allude to the real country. I did try to do a little bit of research and figure out if I could figure out which country this was supposed to be, and of course, I have to flip to the right pages in my notes.
1: I know there's like a San Carlos in like every single South American (laughs) Yes, I did look that up,
0: and you are right. Oh, okay, so... Based on just the year this was published and everything that was going on, I think it's either supposed to be Argentina or Colombia. But again, it is a totally made up country. So Mm -hmm. I mean, and a lot of the, um, you know, shenanigans that the US was getting up to around that time, they were doing it in a lot of these countries anyway. So it really, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just supposed to be just this generic South American country, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yes. Uh, yeah Yeah. <laughs> it just feels uncomfy yeah um all of it's pretty gross yeah 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 well we'll talk about it after we get through the plot of it because i think that's gonna make a big difference in what we say
0: Absolutely. so yes yeah okay okay yes
1: anyway <laughs> shall we dive in yes So we start off in Nancy Best and George are all in Washington, D.C. to watch this International Women's Semi-Pro Tennis Tournament. And they're in this hotel room and their hotel room and Nancy is waiting on a friend of her father's to call. Um, This friend is Senator Marilyn Kilpatrick. um, And she has some kind of errand for Nancy, supposedly. Nancy seems to kind of already know what this is, but she's waiting on her to call for some reason. Um, and George is irritated by this because she's worried they're going to be late to miss, uh, miss the next match. Um, and she's also excited because she wants to make this match because she wants to see this new South American tennis star named Teresa Montenegro play. Um, so Nancy is like, yeah, okay. I, I get it. Go ahead. You guys go to the match and I'll wait here and I'll catch up with you later. Um, So once Bess and George are gone, we learn a little bit more about what Nancy is doing there. And apparently Nancy kind of is thinking about what the senator has told her. And she has tasked Nancy to wear this specific outfit, to sneak into the tennis player's locker room with this government pass that the senator has supplied and rendezvous with someone who's going to give her some kind of information packet. Um, So... It's this all very vague and all very weird and, like, what is this? But one thing that that is pretty obvious is, like, okay, this is some kind of espionage. <laughs> Nancy's going to be impersonating someone in a locker room to get some kind of information. Great. She eventually does get the call, and it tells Nancy, like, oh, actually... It's not going to be this afternoon. We can't do it this afternoon. We need to wait until nine o'clock. So go to the locker rooms, do the whole thing at nine later today. Yeah. (laughs) So she decides to head to Luden College. That's where this tournament is being held and to meet Bess and George. She drives there and parks and then tries to cut through this building to get to the match faster. Um, But as she is coming out of that building on the other side, um two men with guns jump her out of nowhere they tie up her hands and feet and drag her into a waiting limo so they drive her somewhere and nancy god bless her does a very good job of remembering the route um she's like i can tell we're on the highway i know which direction we're going based on the turns that we've made so roughly i think i know the area of where we're in um but when they get to whatever location they are at, Nancy's still blindfolded, so she doesn't know. But I guess their boss informs them that they have the wrong girl. And so they just put her back in the car and drive her back. And just, like, drop her in the ran- a random field, like, right near the college. Very considerate kidnappers, giving Seriously. her a ride home. <laughs> oh like they drop her off the place where they picked her up that's hilarious not just some random part of
0: the city just like wild we weren't gonna murder you but instead why don't we just take you right back to where you were this is just like Nancy
1: even remarks like oh I, it was kind of nice of them I guess to, to do that at least they dropped me back off here where my car is so I can like- <laughs> so funny <laughs> um, oh jeez. but so Nancy cleans herself up and then she has to take because she's like She's fought, she's tried to fight, fight off these kidnappers. She's a mess, like, everything, you know. But she cleans herself up. And then she heads to take her seat in the box, because, of course, they have a box for this tennis tournament somehow. I don't know, rich people problems. And um, she finds best and George. And when she gets there, George tells her about all the additional security that's there at the match that day because of Teresa Montenegro. Because apparently there's been some kind of bomb threat and they think that it has something to do with the fact that Teresa's, um, the the country where Teresa's from, their president um, is going to be there the next day to watch Teresa play, and because like there's all this like revolution stuff going on in her country. Apparently, it has something to do with that, right? Um, but also, Nancy knows that her president is also in town to meet with some top secret government committee that Senator Cleopatra is on. Um, and so she also just mentions that. So she's like, oh, that's why he's really in town. He's not here to watch Teresa play. He probably will, but he's actually here to meet with Senator Kilpatrick. So she's like, how do you know this, Nancy? I don't understand where this information is coming from. Whatever. Anyway, um, Teresa comes out to play. She steps out onto the court. Um, I was like, what do you call... What do you call it where where tennis happens? It's not a field.
0: It's a a court. The tennis arena.
1: (laughs) Arena. The the...
0: The tennis coliseum.
1: (laughs) I was about to be like, the pitch? That's not right. (laughs) (laughs) The court. Teresa steps out onto the court. Um, And Nancy looks down and she sees her and she sees like, Whoa, that girl looks almost exactly like me. So we can probably guess who the men were actually trying to abduct was probably actually Teresa Montenegro. So at this point, Nancy finally clues Bess and George in about the errand that she was tasked with by Senator Kilpatrick um, and the abduction that she just (laughs) experienced because she didn't mention that immediately. She wasn't like, I was just kidnapped. She just strolled in, cool as a cucumber. Like, I can't, now take she the,
0: <laughs> can't take the focus off the match here. I'll tell them later.
1: <laughs> well, she makes it off like she doesn't want to tell them because she's been, like, sworn to secrecy by the senator. But it's like, I think the senator might be okay with you telling somebody that you were kidnapped, right. Nancy. Like, I think that probably the line of what you need to keep secret probably ends when you are kidnapped. Well, especially it's- <laughs>
0: because, like, they should have been with Nancy at the time. They're going to be spending right. time with Nancy the rest of this trip. Like, they're mm-hmm. also in danger if this is going on. You know, it's only yeah. fair that they know as well. Right. Yeah.
1: So at this point, she tells them. Um, and also now she feels like she has to warn Teresa about the danger that she could be in. Well, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so after Teresa finishes her match, Nancy kind of. Goes down after she leaves the pitch, <laughs> the court, <laughs> um, and follows her. Um, I guess to try to catch up with her, but really she's just kind of following her. It's very weird. I'm she doesn't try to like flag her down or anything. She doesn't like, hey Teresa, hello. <laughs> she just follows them, um, and she sees Teresa. Um, meet up with this attractive male athlete, um, and they get into a car together. Luckily Nancy's car is parked just a few feet away. So she gets into her car and she follows them. They happen to head straight to Nancy's hotel. What a coincidence. Um, they must be staying there too. Um, and Nancy follows them up to where Teresa's room supposedly is, um, where hot tennis boy leaves. Um, Then Nancy knocks on Teresa's door, pretending to be housekeeping for some reason. I mean, I know it's to get her to open the door, but it's like, why could we not be like, Teresa, my name's Nancy Drew, I have an urgent message for
0: you. Like, what's the problem with honesty here? Yeah. (laughs) Especially because she's, you know, she's dressed like she's just been to a tennis match. She doesn't look like she's hotel staff. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Anyway... She, Teresa opens the door to Nancy pretending to be housekeeping and is at first scared, of course, because Nancy is very obviously not housekeeping. Um, but then she realizes, oh, this girl looks a lot like me. And so she's like, weirded out. Yeah. Um, but then at this exact moment where they're like having this like uncanny valley, like looking at each other moment, um, there are shouts from the nearby elevator. And sounds of gunshots going off in the hallway.
0: So, Nancy, upon hearing this, just shoves Teresa back inside the hotel room, tells her, Lock the door, do not come out until I come back for you again. So, Nancy runs back down the hall to where the elevator lobby is, but everybody's gone already. She can't hear anyone, so she calls security. They come out, they figure out what has happened here, and there's another woman in, like, one of the nearby rooms comes out of her room and says, I saw everything. So this hot tennis player that was with Teresa, we (laughs) learned that this was her boyfriend, and he was kidnapped by the same man or the same men who kidnapped Nancy earlier that day. Um, so they call the police. There's a lot of commotion with police running around trying to like look for bullet holes and all that kind of stuff. So Nancy decides to sneak back to her own room and call Senator Kilpatrick to let her know what's been going on. Um, she's not in her office, though, so she just leaves a message. And she goes back to Teresa's room and brings George with her this time. Um, On the way there, they run into Teresa's chaperone, who is named Senora Ramirez. And she says Teresa tricked her and stole her car keys. (laughs) (laughs) And so now she doesn't know where Teresa is or where she's gone. So Nancy and George race out to the parking garage, try to find Teresa, figure out where she went, find where this car is. They split up. are running around the parking garage. Um, And Nancy eventually does see her. She sees her getting into a car. And then suddenly... Another car, just somewhere in the parking garage, roars to life, and then starts driving towards Teresa. Nancy is like gets to her just in the nick of time to like tackle her and roll her away from the car to get to safety. But then Teresa gets back up and then runs away, and then the car starts driving back <laughs> towards her. It's just so pointless. <laughs> Brilliant move. So... Luckily, there's, like, this banner hanging in the parking garage that George is able to, like, run and jump up and, like, tear it down and then throw the banner, like, into the car so that the car can't see where it's going and, like, swerves all over the place and then it just gives up and leaves. (laughs) Um, These are the
1: worst (laughs) kidnappers slash terrorists that, like, ever was. (laughs) Like, worst hitmen in the history of hitmen.
0: What is their plan? They're going to kidnap both Nancy and Teresa this time just to make sure that they've got the right girl. If your plan (laughs) really
1: is to, like, kill them all, like, at this point, like, why are we driving? Like, get out of the car? They could have just done it right here. Right here now. (laughs) You have guns. Like, shoot them? Like, I don't know. Or, like, slash their tire. Like, I mean, like, there's so many other things you could have done than like try to hit somebody in a crowded parking garage we know they have guns imagine (laughs) yeah i can only imagine there's like tons of cars all over the place so like you're trying to run somebody down in a parking garage that sounds like you're just gonna crash your car like how are you gonna get away like i don't know (laughs) it's wild And if you weren't trying to kill them, if you were just trying to kidnap them, then why are you like running your car at them? That's dangerous. Like, unless you're not scared of injuring them, but you could kill them doing that. So then why like what's your what's your plan? What's your
0: goal here, hitmen? Like, it's very unclear. It's very murky. Okay, so the bad guys are foiled again by that meddling Nancy Drew. They're all a little bruised up, but they're fine. Um, George goes to get the hotel security, and Teresa starts telling Nancy that she was fleeing her chaperone. She tricked her to get out of there because she got a call that Roberto, who is her boyfriend, the hot tennis guy, um, he is apparently injured and needs her. Um, So the bad guys that kidnapped him were considerate enough to call and just let her know that he's unwell. And you fell for this, Teresa? Okay. Well, she—I mean, she didn't know that he was kidnapped. To be fair, she doesn't know what happened in the hall. Oh, I feel like—I mean, something's going on there. Like, yeah, I suppose you think you hear gunshots after your boyfriend's just left your hotel room. Uh huh. It's like help, and then oh, he must be okay. He's like, fine. <laughs> those men that went with him—those are clearly his friends, right? Mm-hmm. No, like, okay, I—I I don't know. I feel like we could have filtered a little like- bit better. She doesn't necessarily know
1: <clears throat> that, yeah, I mean, definitely she could have been filled in better, but Nancy didn't get a chance to go up and talk to her. She was literally just going to go up now to talk to her. And she doesn't know that he was, he, she thinks maybe he was, maybe he was shot, mm. but she doesn't know that, like, who shot him or why or what happened. So maybe he was accidentally shot by someone and then they called her and was like, hey, we're here with your boyfriend, like, that needs so. your help. <laughs> no, but then the book they don't do a good job of explaining this. They really don't. They don't do a good job of setting it up so that it seems plausible.
0: <laughs> so I yeah. Well, no <laughs> no caution whatsoever was exercised here because Nancy decides that she and Bess are going to be the ones to go to the address that was given to Teresa. They're going to go there themselves and try to help help him. Um, and then. After that, she's going to go at 9pm to meet her contact in the locker room. Um, so they go to the address that Teresa was given for wherever Roberto was taken, but it doesn't seem to exist. The address is just like a pinpoint in the center of the Potomac River. So uh, is that just like, hey, we threw his body in the river kind of thing? Mm. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so they just give up and they go back to the locker room. Um Nancy just sits there for like half an hour or almost an hour and just nobody Mm -hmm. ever comes. And so she's like weird. Maybe the Senator tried to call me and it got called off or rescheduled or something. Maybe something happened. Um, So she just, after a little while, she decides to go back to the hotel room. Uh, So she gets back to the room and George, who has been waiting there, says that Senator Kilpatrick still has not called, um, which is kind of strange. So, why has everything gone silent after Nancy and Teresa's boyfriend has been kidnapped and we learn that someone's trying to kill, kill Teresa? Like, why is nobody getting involved here? Like, why isn't this a big deal to the government or at least to Senator Kilpatrick? Like, aren't the cops getting involved here? Mm-hmm. They're not really doing much to investigate. So, great. Very um, odd. So, <laughs> yeah. So they yeah. just go to bed. Um, but then Nancy is awoken very, very late that night by a, a knock at her door, and it's Senator Kilpatrick. Nancy's like, come on in. What's going on? Like, why did my contact never come meet me? Um, and Senator Kilpatrick is like, what do you mean no one met you? I thought you didn't show up when you were were supposed to be there. Um, so she starts telling her a little bit more information about what is actually going on here. Um, supposedly, there is about to be a revolution that's going to get started in San Carlos, which is Teresa's home country. Um, and Senator Kilpatrick wants to make sure that it doesn't, quote unquote, turn into a bloodbath. Hmm, lovely they US need, meddling at its finest yeah they need her assistance to do that um, for some reason But we learned that we need Nancy Drew, of all people, because she looks so much like Teresa. She figured if there's somebody that looks like Teresa going in and out of the women's locker room, it's not going to be a big deal. Like Nobody would really think twice about that. Um, So she wants to use Nancy to acquire some very sensitive information. Um, Apparently, there is this hit list that has been put together by the dictatorship in San Carlos. Um, It has, I think, six people on the list that are all currently in the U.S. trying to help like, stop this dictatorship and who are, like, trying to get this revolution going. Um, So Roberto, who is both Teresa's boyfriend and her tennis coach, we learn, which is... All right. That's a whole other story beside itself. Why? Is that necessary? Um, Right. So... We actually learned that he was our contact, so no wonder he didn't show up. Obviously, he was kidnapped, so there's no way he could have been there. Um, But he is the leader of a group of freedom fighters from San Carlos. Um, So he was supposed to deliver the list, but now that he's gone missing, we don't know where the list is anymore. Um, So if we can't get that list, these people on the list could start turning up dead. Yeah. So she tells Nancy that she's going to arrange for some plainclothes police officers to like, you know, just be there to provide additional security for Nancy and Teresa. And then he the uh, the police officer is going to pose as like her assistant, the senator's assistant, um, and then is going to meet them tomorrow at their box at the tennis courts. Um, so he does, and it turns out he is super hot and super, <laughs> super into Bass. Oh, Um, yeah. So they hit it <laughs> off right away. They're, like, pretty much a cutesy little couple. Yep. Um, no, Nothing else really happens that day. Nancy doesn't get any, any like, other information about what's going on. Um, but then towards the end of the day, Senator, Senator Kilpatrick shows back up. Um, and she calls Nancy aside and lets her know that Robert, Roberto was found dead in the hotel parking garage.
1: Oh, God. Okay, so this is the point where Senator Kilpatrick tells us that not only was he found dead, the coroner reported that he appeared to have been tortured um, and that his cause of death was strangulation. So it was not an easy way to go for poor Roberto here. Um, But we don't know if over the course of that, Um, If he gave up any information about the list, if he gave up the entire list. Um, So this is really concerning. Um, And so Senator Kilpatrick asked Nancy to try to convince Teresa to consent to questioning um, because maybe Roberto had said something to her that may help them find the list or get some kind of helpful information. Right. So after Teresa's match, they pull Teresa aside and they break the news to her of Roberto's death. And she is just absolutely distraught. Of course, her boyfriend's dead, right? Um, And claims like she doesn't know anything. Roberto didn't tell her anything. They never talked about politics. Plus, they've only been dating for like three months. So like nothing really significant Mm -hmm. has come up yet, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they're still just getting to know each other. Um, But after some comforting from Nancy, she does consent to having her locker and her hotel room searched, I guess, to see if she has anything. I don't know why, but they do that. She's fine with it. Um, And also they're going to take her to somewhere to go look at photographs to see if she may recognize any of the persons of interest who may have murdered Roberto or kidnapped him um then after Teresa goes off with government people Nancy heads back to her hotel room where Bess tells her that Dan is gonna pick them up in an hour with another couple of quote-unquote bodyguards to go to dinner um they have a great time they go dancing afterwards I'm sorry
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's in the job description
1: or are we not in the middle of serious intense espionage revolution people are being tortured and dying we're just gonna go to dinner and dancing
0: it's not an Drew book if there's not a date with some rando <laughs> so true
1: here's my two friends let's go to dinner with you and your two friends good gravy uh, anyway afterwards they come back the policemen that they're on dates with. Sorry, I'm disgusted. Um, Bring them back to their hotel room um, where Nancy finds a creepy doll on her bed. Looks kind of like her and uh, its neck is broken and there's a message that says, go home, senorita. This could be you. So luckily some policemen just left so they called them back. Um, and then those guys call the FBI and they call in a fingerprint specialist. And essentially there's a bunch of people in the room, cops, FBI, lab people, I guess, who are like processing the room. And Nancy is like, okay, so <laughs> it's like three in the morning now or something. Like, where are we supposed to go? Like, what are we supposed to do? Dan says, you know, this room isn't safe anymore anyway. They know that you were here, so we need to move you somewhere else. Um, luckily, one of the um, rooms right next to Teresa's is available. What luck. Um, so they move um, all the girls over there. It's also a suite. Um <laughs> my gosh can't see how it's how this
0: boxes uh, at <laughs> tennis competitions international tournaments
1: oh um but dan does say you know what i'm not leaving you guys i'm gonna sleep on your sofa tonight to keep you safe um so he's in the living room of like their suite but Nancy realizes, oh, so we're right next to Teresa. Actually, one of the rooms of this suite actually adjoins with Teresa's room and has an adjoining door. Mm. So she decides to call Teresa and tell her to come over through their adjoining door to avoid Dan for some reason. We should talk about this later because I am interested in this. But yeah, anyway, do we trust him or do we not? Because that is weird. Anyway. Um, Teresa does come over and Nancy asks her, I guess, just trying to get more information, um, what she and Roberto had done so far in the States, just trying to get an idea of where all Roberto might've been. Um, and Teresa describes how he was gone for a long time at the airport when he went to go get their rental car. So Nancy thinks, okay, maybe Roberto stashed this hit list somewhere at the airport. Sounds like the worst place to put it, honestly. (laughs) Seriously okay but also i just don't understand is this a physical list i think so why
0: you can't remember six names and why do we need to write them down (laughs) yeah what is the list for list of people that the government might kill let me Like this this my. this
1: is the thing just destroy the list (laughs) okay the dictator made a list of people he wanted dead sure fine whatever but he made a physical list And then he gave it to people or gave one list to one person
0: Mm -hmm. and somehow Roberto go, this is not how this works, right? Well, I mean, thank goodness that he needed to write them down because we can assume he doesn't remember them anymore because this one list, like as long right. as Nancy can keep this list from falling into the wrong hands and the bad guys won't know who they're going after. It's not like they could just go back and ask the dictator. It's not He's like forgotten, the dictator right? could call somebody up on the phone and be like, by the way, the six people I want in debt are this person,
1: this person, yeah. this person. Like, makes no sense. Anyway, hmm. Nancy thinks this list is at the airport. <laughs> For some reason. So she leaves, wakes up Dan now, and is like, you have to drive us to the airport. So he does. But unfortunately, as soon as they pull out of the hotel, um, Nancy realizes they're being followed. Um, Dan is able to lose them. So great. But they do cause an accident in the process. Who cares? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Literally doesn't matter. Um, They (laughs) make it to the airport and they do a search. But of course, they don't find anything because this is an airport. They're just not just stuff left around. Like, oh, my God. Anyway. It's one of the
0: highest traffic areas you <laughs> could imagine. And you you think nobody's going to, like, come along and clean up this list that you left laying in the bathroom or whatever. Like, like where
1: would he have put it? Like, yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Anyway. So they leave
1: the airport um, and are followed again this time by a car that Nancy recognizes as being the one that was used in her kidnapping. So I guess it's a limo because she was kidnapped in a limo. Anyway, <laughs> they try to lose them again. Fancy kidnappers. They're being followed by a limo. Like, I'm sorry. How hard is it to lose a limo? How, I like, that thing, the turn radius on a limo alone, you could just do, like, one block right turns and be gone. Like
0: the fact that they're in a limo Nancy is too good to be thrown like tied up and thrown in some trunk she needs a limo to take her to her kidnapping location also
1: like how inconspicuous imagine being kidnapped in a limo and people being like oh my gosh who did this to you I don't know but it was a limo can we just look at like limo rentals we'll find them like I'm sure there was like 10 limos on the road that day like maybe it's that. anyway good grief. So they're followed again by a limo (laughs) this (laughs) time. Sorry, it's so ridiculous. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. Um, And they try to lose them again, but this time they can't do it for some reason. Because why weren't they followed by the limo first? This is what I, if they lost, anyway. Okay, I'm sorry. uh, Let me regain my composure for a second. (laughs) Okay, so this time they can't lose this car. I don't know why the limo has some kind of magic ability to follow this (laughs) cop who is apparently trained to not be followed, but this doesn't work this time. They're caught up. The limo hits them, which causes them to swerve and fall down an embankment.
0: Well, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I think you want to take it out. Yes. Yes. So so they're all fine. Nobody gets injured really in this accident. Um, they're all they all are rushed to the hospital to get checked out, but they're okay um, after the accident and so their car caught fire <laughs> in the accident, but don't worry, they're all fine. Um, <laughs> afterwards, the cops, you know just the average responding officer on the Washington DC police force, knew what was going on, knew to call the Senator. Obviously they're apprised of this, everyone on the police force. Um, And then the Senator called Carson and then Carson called Ned. So now everybody's like involved and super worried about this. (laughs) Carson is so worried that he's actually on his way to DC right now. Um, And then Ned also threatens to come down, but (laughs) thankfully Nancy rids us of that threat from happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, mm. And then the next day, they all head to the tournament. There's a lot more security here this time, thank goodness. Um, and not just from the U.S. either. Apparently, Roberto's death has turned into such an international incident that the San Carlos police have come to protect them as well. Um, so the senator is frustrated because she's not even allowed to mention Roberto or her talks with the committee or. Oh, sorry, she's not allowed to mention him in her talks with the San Carlos government. They're not even allowed to, like, bring this up as a topic of negotiation or anything. Um, so the whole reason why he wanted to get her the list and not give it to the CIA is because he didn't trust the U.S. government. So obviously he wants to give it to a representative of the U.S. government <laughs> who is more trustworthy. He He's concerned that um, the government would share it with, like, terrorists back in his home country, but he trusts the senator. so... It's all fine and dandy. Um, but Nancy thinks that there's still a chance that they can find this list. So that's what she wants to focus on now. Um, unfortunately, at this moment, though, she spots one of the men who kidnapped her just, like, sitting, chilling in the stands watching the game, watching the match. Um, George tries to, like, approach them for whatever <laughs> harebrained reason. <laughs> why are we to just not call?
1: What, why don't you tell Dan, literally, you playing plainclothes policeman who is, like, call the... Call the police. Call right. the government. And be like, hey, that's the guy. Let them chase the bad guys. Right. But He's no. He's not going anywhere. Just watch him.
0: He's not yeah. going anywhere. But George is like, no, no, no. If I get close enough, and if I'm subtle enough, I can eavesdrop on their conversation. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, you know, George was with Nancy the other day when the, like, thing in the parking garage went down. So mm-hmm. he recognizes her. George doesn't consider that she might get <laughs> recognized. We know Nancy might get recognized. But George... Takes this upon herself. And so they recognize her instantly and they start chasing her. Nancy follows after and they end up running into the announcer's booth where the man pulls out a gun and starts firing it at George. George decides, I know how to get out of this. I'm going to climb up the scoreboard. Oh my God. (laughs) And so she does. And then in doing so, slips and falls. Great. Great. And and they're, like, still shooting at her while she's, like, dangling from this billboard. Oh,
1: my God. I just don't understand. How are they doing this in a public place? I know they're like, oh, the gun has a silencer. Great. But is there not, like, an announcer in this announcer's booth? You would
0: think. Or, like, who's that girl dangling from the scoreboard?
1: Yeah. They said (laughs) there was so much security at this match. Now, they said there was security from the U.S. and from San Carlos. So where are they? Where are they while this is happening?
0: Snack break? Who knows? (laughs) So all of this commotion draws attention from the crowd, and then the men who were chasing them run away because they don't want to get caught or whatever. So the senator takes them all back to the hotel where Carson has arrived, and he is furious. Um, He lays into the senator for putting Nancy in danger, Good for Carson, honestly, Mm -hmm. on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, So the senator apologizes, says she really had no idea that Teresa would be in danger in this case. It was only terrorists that were after her. So how would she be in danger? (laughs) Um, She thought Nancy would be in the clear because this was clearly just like a package handoff situation. No danger should have happened, but. She apologizes. So um, at this point, Bess comes into the room. She had been out sightseeing with Dan. Instead of like protecting Nancy or George, he had to go do tourism things in the place <laughs> where he lives. Um, so, <laughs> she, um, Be- uh, sorry, Bess tells us that the police were informed that someone named El Moro has been seen arriving in the U.S. via plane. Um, the senator tells us this is a wanted terrorist, like a super well known. Super skilled hitman who is super dangerous and is most likely one of the people who attacked George today. Great. Yeah. So everyone leaves so that Nancy and Carson can have a little moment here because Carson is clearly still super upset. Uh, after they're finished talking, though, Nancy asks Carson to leave the room too because she gets a call from Teresa and wants to talk to her. Um, so Teresa climbs through the window in Nancy's room because, again, she has to avoid her chaperone for whatever reason. <laughs> I guess we can't trust the chaperone now as well, because we don't know who could be involved in what. So we're just trying to avoid her. So she comes climbing in the window and says that she's been contacted by a friend of Roberto's who was in the same revolutionary group that he was. Apparently this friend has contacted her and says that they need to talk to Teresa. Um, Teresa is sure it's legit because they knew things about Roberto that only he could have told them, which you know, maybe torture could like yeah. draw some of those things out of somebody. Mm-hmm. So still not even like that safe of a decision to make here. But um, they want to meet with her at the same time as her next tennis match. Um, now, this tournament that's been ongoing, there's like this one charities double event that's going to go mm-hmm. on. And so that's the one that's going to be at the same time as this meeting with this other person from this revolutionary right? Group. Um, And so she can't do both, obviously. And Nancy's like, well, why don't I just go to your meeting for you? And Teresa's like, no, no, no. The man needs to see me specifically. We need to talk. Like, I want to be the one to know what's going on. I want to learn Mm -hmm. all this stuff. I have questions. But what if you – what if I went to the meeting and you went to the tennis match, Nancy? (laughs) And how convenient that it's only the charity doubles event <laughs> right, because if so, it was like a real match, it could throw her chances of winning the tournament. But no whatever, stay. it's totally fine if you if you lose if you are totally bad. It doesn't matter, mm, right? No stakes whatsoever. <laughs> and so they agreed that this is a great idea. You know, so long as Nancy puts on enough bronzer to make herself look more closely Sounds matched American? to Teresa's oh skin color. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, They decide that this is what they're going to do, and they send Bess out to, like, get makeup and bronzers so that they can make her look more like Teresa. Mm-hmm. She, yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they end up going to, like, this, um, some private tennis court of some friend of the Senators to have, like, this quick little coaching session with Nancy. Like, literally, they have, like, half an hour to make Nancy look like a pro. <laughs> And they're like, don't worry. She's already, like, pro level. She yes. just doesn't have the same
0: techniques as exactly. Teresa. Exactly. Yeah. So. Luckily,
1: she's really good at tennis already. <laughs> it's just she has to, like, try to learn how to to do it like Teresa does it. Sure. Okay. <sighs> so they do that. Then they go back to their hotel where Bess makes both her and Teresa over. Teresa to look more like Nancy and Nancy to look more like Teresa. So they do that, then they split up, Teresa to go meet this friend of Roberto's and Nancy to go play tennis, posing as a professional tennis player.
0: Add that to the skill list. Professional (laughs) level tennis playing. Um,
1: Unfortunately, when Nancy gets to the locker room before the match, George comes in and immediately tells her that Teresa called, um, and she said that Roberto's friend, at their meet, told her that the dictator San Carlos has ordered the execution of all traitors everywhere to begin at dawn. Okay. Um, So uh, that's scary. But unfortunately, Nancy has no choice but to continue, obviously. Um, I don't know why. But she plays. She does her best. But of course, is clearly struggling. To everyone's confusion um she keeps also seeing this flash of something reflective in the stands eventually she realizes oh that's the flash of the scope of a sniper rifle that i'm seeing great so she decides that she's going to launch a tennis ball in that direction just kind of blindly hoping that somebody is going to realize that there's a sniper in the stands. At this point, I don't know. Can you not call for a timeout in tennis? I don't know how tennis works. But can you, like, I don't know, fake an injury? Like, do something to get off the court because someone could be about to shoot you? Like, I think at this point, when you see the scope of the sniper rifle, this is the time where you're like, okay, jigs up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's where you switch tactics, right? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, but no, she's committed. Nancy is committed to seeing this match through, so she launches a ball. Luckily, George is watching and picks up on what's happening and goes to alert security. Um, Nancy just assured that George has got it. Trusts George so much with her life, I guess, which I guess does say a lot for George, to be fair. Um,
0: Continues the game.
1: They lose, but only by a couple points. (laughs)
0: And I love this whole scene, this internal monologue that Nancy has going on because she's like, Oh, there's like sniper. But the real thing that I'm concerned about here is that I'm a really good tennis player. So I could win this game if I wanted to, but if I did that, I'd have to use my own techniques and not Teresa's. And then people would realize I'm not Teresa or I can continue (laughs) as Teresa and not win. And then it would be suspicious that Teresa wasn't skilled enough to win this game. So she's like having this whole dilemma of like, do I use my own techniques or Teresa's what's better here? Oh, Oh, I guess the sniper's there, but George has got the sniper, so I don't need to worry about that. I'm just worried about... Just (laughs) cancel the match.
1: Cancel the charity match. Reschedule the charity match.
0: My gosh. I'm sure no one will be that devastated. It will be okay. (laughs) Oof. (sighs) Anyway,
1: after the match, George tells her that the sniper, of course, got away, um, and then they're driven back to the hotel. Bess and Teresa are already there, and Teresa tells Nancy that in addition to the news about the execution smart s- smarting starting at dawn tomorrow, Roberto's friend also claimed that Roberto was double-dealing and was actually working for, like, both sides, like, both the revolution effort and for the dictatorship, somehow.
0: So how do and- we know he hasn't already shared this list? <laughs> well, presumably that's
1: how he got the list, right? Oh. So the double-dealing is like he's pretending that he is this revolutionary guy and maybe sure. he, he does participate somehow in, in those meetings, but also, actually he's really working for the government of San Carlos and that's how he got the list and now he's selling it because he has that information, right? Mm.
0: What so a great guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... He said that he was going to sell the list to Senator Kilpatrick and that if she wouldn't pay enough, then he would just not give her the list and just allow the hits to be carried out. Um, And Teresa then remembers that Roberto gave her a postcard at the airport. And so Nancy asks, well, where did you get it from if you had just gotten to the U.S.? Like, where did he get this postcard? And she says, oh, he must have stopped at a shop at the airport. So Nancy wants to go back to the airport to search again so they do and this time (laughs) in an armored car with escorts like a police escort which i thought was funny Mm -hmm. um at the airport they talk to a shop clerk and with enough prodding he finally remembers roberto um and says that he came in that day and fiddled with this poster over on his wall before buying the postcards he remembers because he had to be like hey don't touch that (laughs) don't mess with that um so, Nancy goes over to the poster and, after a close examination, finds a microdot stuck to it. Of course. It's not going to be a spy novel without a microdot. We did
0: love a microdot, but geez. <laughs> so, they all rush back to some classified government office where they all just sit and wait for technicians to read and decode this microdot um they're up all night waiting they do have to skip dinner it's a huge tragedy that they didn't get any snacks earlier but finally (laughs) finally the code is cracked and then they send it to, to the fbi so that they can send out send out protection to all those people that were on the list so they go back to their hotel and dan mentions like yeah the five people on the list we got to them in time they're all good they're safe we know that they're okay and nancy's like hold on five There were supposed to be six people on the list. Um, And she's like, well, if Roberto was like doing this double agent thing, could he have had time to like take a name off the list or something? Who would it be? Um, So if the people, if if those that were on the list are people in the US who are helping the revolution uh, effort, then the most important person doing that is Senator Kilpatrick, right? Um, And if Roberto didn't want to be discovered with helping this effort, what better way to ensure that she's not able to tell people that he was doing right. this. So we think that maybe the name was there previously and then he took it off and then the FBI just wasn't able to decode it or whatever. Um, so Dan tells Nancy that Senator Kilpatrick, who thinks that she's no longer in danger, went to breakfast without her security detail and took Carson with her.
1: Ah! this is a great. Class. Okay. I, yeah. I, I do like this
0: climax. This is a good climax. Yeah. Yeah. So now, like, (laughs) double incentive to find her as fast as possible so that she and Carson are both safe. Mm -hmm. So they race out of the hotel room, go back down to the car. Nancy drives them all, and she has Dan call other officers for backup or whatever. And as they're driving, police officers just kind of fall in line with the car to escort Mm -hmm. them um, down the road. And then they are communicating back and forth with the senator's security detail, who is also out looking for her. Um, But then Nancy remembers, ah, my father is very specific about his restaurant preferences and he's like very picky and he likes all these like certain restaurants. So I mm-hmm. know where his favorite spots are in DC. So I'm going to like, um, you know, go to his preferred breakfast place in DC and, and see if maybe that's the place that they happen to pick. So they go there, she runs in and luckily she was right. They're there. She sees him at a table and then just as she spots them, she also spots in the distance that flash of the sniper rifle again. So she screams, she yells, get down, get down. And then Carson kind of like figures out what's going on here. He throws himself on top of the senator and then rolls them under the table just in time for the shooting to start. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. I this know. is, okay, this is where the trigger warning comes in. Yeah. Jeez, seriously. Louise. This makes me stressed. Um, So there's a bunch of police outside the restaurant. They all start running in the direction of the shots, but the gunman, like, jumps out and heads directly for Nancy, who grabs a vase of flowers and just, like, bonks him over the head with it, (laughs) just brings him, and then does this just in time for Dan to run in and tackle him to the ground. So the sniper is arrested and taken away. Um, later, they're all celebrating Teresa's victory at the tournament because, of course, she won. Mm-hmm. Um, Ned even flies in for the last match or whatever, um, but he's there. They're all celebrating. And then the senator tells the world about how she was saved by Nancy Drew in her pe- press conference. Um, Teresa's still slightly heartbroken over her boyfriend's death, but has been granted asylum in the United States Um Not how that works, by the way. Um, As her country has now officially broken into revolution at this point, um, the dictator has fled the country. We don't know where to, but the terrorist El Moro, who was the one who shot at the uh, senator and at Carson, um, he was caught, as well as several other terrorists who had also gotten into the United States at this point. Um, And we know that all the U.S. citizens who are on that list, they are officially safe once again. End of story. The end. Oh, my God. (laughs) The ending Um, might have been the best part. Involving Carson in the, like, high-stakes moment of it, I think that was the only way to really do it. It was a good choice. Yeah. 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 I agree.
1: I just wish... The thing is, is I don't... I think I don't hate... I don't hate the story. I don't think it's a bad story. I think they just did it in the wrong way. Like, I think we just should have had a much slower start. Taken out... Uh, the kidnapping, maybe. Right. Figured out a connection a different way. And just uh, introduced us to this concept of Nancy as spy a little bit slower. Because I think we just kind of, like, assume that, like, Nancy can do all these things because she's Nancy Drew. And I get that, like, you know, if you've read the original mystery stories, like, you're probably... You're probably okay with that. But like, this is number seven of the Files mm. series. I yeah. just feel like it's so early to be so extreme without like really giving us a good buildup and a good reason for it. Right. Um, like I don't I don't hate the plot and I don't hate the concept. I just think that it it just doesn't make sense for number seven of this series, and I don't think it makes sense to be so hard and fast so quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I just wish, I wish there had been a little bit more time for Nancy to be Nancy and responding to these way, these situations in the ways that Nancy would have. Um, But I also just feel like the story in and of itself doesn't have a lot of the hallmarks of typical Nancy Drew. Like, and I think you could probably say the same thing about secrets can kill. Um, very different to an, extent, different, yeah. to an mm-hmm. extent, but I don't know. Somehow, at the core of that, I still it still felt more like an Nancy Drew book to mm-hmm. me than than this
0: one. Um, it was. I, I mean, know. she was still undercover in that one, right. but it was it was it just felt way different. Mm-hmm.
1: I think part of it is like the high school element. So like her youth is really emphasized, and that's the reason why she's chosen. Also, it was like a friend, another friend of Carson's, but like. I don't know. It just feels it, this one feels like someone was using her for spying instead of for detective work. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, like all she didn't want her to solve a mystery. She wanted her to be there to impersonate someone else just to get some information. Right. It doesn't really feel like there's. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there was a there was a mystery at the heart of this. I was never wondering like who. Who killed Roberto? Like we knew it was someone involved in like the San Carlo government. Like
0: there was never a question as to what was going on. And even at the start, when she's kidnapped, it's like, oh, why is she being kidnapped? Well, it's clearly a mistaken identity case. Like that was very clear. Mm -hmm. It like that wasn't even that mysterious. Five minutes after the kidnapping. Yeah. 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 I definitely I definitely prefer Mystery Nancy, but we've we've also seen several cases Mm -hmm. where we have Spy Nancy, like um, Phantom of Venice, Silent Spy come to mind. I really enjoy both of those, but just... Captive Witness too is also very spy. Yeah, Captive Witness. And Mm -hmm. like, we can definitely do a Spy Nancy and do it well, but this Mm -hmm. just was not it.
1: Well, I think spy novels can also be detective novels. um, But this wasn't that, you know, it was way more thriller than it was detective. And I just don't think that that's Nancy's genre, you know? It really I, isn't, I, and I don't hate the genre. Like I, I like a spy novel, you know. But I just, yeah, it just didn't work. I just think it didn't work. I don't think they devoted enough time, enough time to make it work, right? And I get like these are, you know, eighteen chapters. They're like hundred and fifty pages typically. Like little, they're they're little novels. You know, it's not like we're not writing a Dickens novel here. You no, know, of the, course, yeah. of course, we don't we don't want that, but. So that's why I think it was just the wrong, the wrong choice. But yeah, but I don't, I don't hate it. I just don't think it was great.
0: You know? Yeah, it felt like you knew exactly where it was going to go. You just mm-hmm. had to to watch all the violence happen in the meantime. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, when can we be done with the snipers? When can we be done with that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <sighs> and even like the parts that where I think were supposed to be exciting, like the car chases. Like I think I would have enjoyed a good car chase, but. They weren't that. They didn't like draw them out, you know. Like they weren't. They didn't last long Mm. enough. I
0: feel like to be truly exciting. Yeah. So, Mm. and the the reason for Nancy being there just wasn't it for me either. I just even Nancy like comments on this. I think in like the first chapter where she's like, Senator Kilpatrick is obviously this very powerful woman she's got loads of staff members anybody she could have sent anybody to go pick up this package for her yeah it's literally it's not because oh nancy you're so good at this or oh i was recommended because you're such a talented skilled detective or you know you're so good at the elements of espionage that you would be right for this no it's literally just the resemblance to Teresa. And then, oh, because I'm already on this case now, I can kind of use some of my skills to find out what's going on. But there, I just didn't feel like her reason for being there was good enough to,
1: to make that. Do you know what might have been more interesting? And I don't know how this would have worked in for the plot. But if somehow Nancy is recruited by the senator, but she doesn't learn why like that's the mystery the mystery is why am i the one that she's wanting for this and then suddenly it becomes an investigation into senator Kilpatrick. that would have been interesting and then we see maybe like later we see a photo on senator Kilpatrick's desk and we realize this whole time she's been sending nancy to impersonate this tennis player that would have been cool yeah i don't know how that would have worked But I think that would be a much more interesting, more compelling story because then it's like, why is Nancy so special? Mm -hmm. Why is the senator doing it and and sending her on these things? But like the whole time we know about the revolution, the whole time we know that she's – looks similar to Teresa and so that's why this stuff is happening but if we just if all this stuff was happening and we didn't know why like why is it happening to Nancy why are people targeting Nancy is it Senator Senator Kilpatrick who's targeting us why did she invite us here to do these things you know because it's like she would be the only one who knew right
0: that would have been a lot more interesting than Nancy's no Nancy knows and she's keeping the secret from us the reader you know yeah
1: I think like if I were to rewrite this book from like a modern day perspective, considering everything, how, how much the U.S. messed up South America, mm-hmm. um, that I would reframe it. I would rewrite this book with Nancy not being clued in and instead being used as a tool by Senator Kilpatrick, ultimately causing Nancy to investigate Senator Kilpatrick and learning that Senator Kilpatrick is actually involved in illegal stuff with, like, the terrorists in South America in order
0: to further causes of the U.S. government. Then we could have scenes of her, like, sneaking into the senator's office and doing stuff like that. That would have been more Mm -hmm. exciting, more of, like, a reason to be in D.C. other than just, Mm -hmm. like, we're at a college that's hosting a tennis tournament. Yeah. Hmm. But I like now that.
1: I know that this book was written in the 1980s, right? And so if we wrote anything that was even slightly suggestive that we were against the U.S. government, then that would be a big no-no. Um, and maybe it still would be today. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I understand why that wasn't done. But if I were writing it and I were writing it now, I think that's what I would do.
0: Yeah, the uh, the time period that this was written in shows right. very well through the, yeah. the text.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, Some big old propaganda for the U.S. getting its greasy fingers involved in other countries' problems to so that we can sell weapons to them and mm-hmm. destabilize them so that politically we're in a
0: better position. <laughs> Extreme reactive fear of communism playing over right.
1: into colonialism. It's great. Anyway. Um, right. Right. And basically just kind of casting all people from South America as criminals, except for the white-appearing tennis player who already looks like Nancy. Mm -hmm. Even her boyfriend turns out to be a criminal, even though he was the victim. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And her, her, yeah, her, her chaperone too Senora yeah. ramirez she went up being like deported because apparently they found like some connection between her and the san carlos government right
0: which so she was a criminal technically kind of too i, I mean we we're not given this context but no. how much of this is just stuff that like this government made the chaperone do you know like you're mm-hmm. all, like it's not like she's gonna go to america and be like no. i hate my government like that's not right. you can't do that you know right so she has to put on this face i bet you otherwise you know so yeah anyway,
1: well anyway. and also like i mean dictatorships do horrible terrible things and i'm not saying that like a government like <laughs> that a government should be a dictatorship no but i'm saying not. that like when you when you live in that government and you're comporting to the to the under that government and you're comporting to its laws and its rules, like that doesn't make you a criminal. Right. You know? <laughs>
0: like yeah She might not have had a lot of choices for how she exactly. was able to operate. So Exactly. So overall so, it seemed like she did a good job of trying to keep Teresa safe. So I feel <laughs> yeah. like she should get some credit for that. Even though seriously. Teresa was like sneaking out the but window seriously. in the night. And- but
1: it also I mean like my point to calling that out about her ending up being deported is that like we don't that was totally unnecessary. Like, at the end of the book, like, we don't learn the reasons why, except it's just said, oh, well, she was doing, like, she was doing something bad. But, like, why? Why did she need yeah. to have been doing that? Like, why can't we have one single good representation, aside from Teresa, of a San Carlos citizen? Mm-hmm. We can't.
0: Yeah. I mean, unless you want to count, like, the friend of Roberto's that tried to meet with Teresa to give the information. But presumably,
1: he knew about um Roberto's double dealing. So presumably he was also He was also involved. doing it. Right. Cuz how hmm. else would he would why else would Roberto have told him his plan for selling the list? What yeah. is this book? <laughs> it... <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. Something interesting I did want to talk about and I mentioned it a little bit briefly before is that I found Nancy's um Not reaction to, but her maneuvering with authority to be very interesting Mm -hmm. in this book. Um, Specifically in the way that she hides things from Dan. She also kind of hides things from Senator Senator Kilpatrick, right? And the way that she kind of handles Carson. Um, In that scene where they have like that heart to heart or whatever, and basically she tells him like, "Dad, I've got this. You know, like you need to let me do my thing or whatever." But, like, a lot of the time – I mean, like, she's been brought here by these people for this job, for this reason, to impersonate Teresa and then to find the list. Like, that has been established. Senator Kilpatrick has told Nancy to do that and to go ahead and do that. And she's even given them this resource in Dan to accomplish that. But throughout the book, Nancy hides information from them, Um. And I just find that really fascinating. And I mean, like, I know, like, in a typical spy novel, like, that's, that's accurate theme, right? Like, so you wouldn't do that because you don't know who you can trust, right? Like, that's the theme. But that theme wasn't hit super hard in this book, maybe a little bit, but not super hard Mm -hmm. that you don't know who you can trust. We're never really in doubt that we can trust Dan or Senator Kilpatrick. So it doesn't seem very compelling to me that she would hide things from them because she thinks that they might be involved somehow. It just seems like she does it as a matter of, like, habit. Like, she just, (laughs) like, force a habit. Like, she doesn't know if they'll try to stop her. I think she also, like, bundles it into the fact that, like, she's young, um, and these are older people, which, gross, Dan is a lot older than them, and that's kind of creepy, Mm -hmm. thinking about him dating best. But anyway, like, she feels like she just needs to operate individually independently on her own without their oversight and without them knowing what it is that she's actually doing even though she's been tasked to do something by them i just think that's really interesting oh
0: nancy yeah <laughs> old habits die hard i guess yeah we yeah. can still trust Carson, though. Like, we know we can. Why can't we have at least told him this information? And then if he right. trusts the senator, then, I mean, yeah, anyway. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just very interesting.
0: Yeah. And the fact that she won't even tell Bess and George at the start because mm-hmm. the senator won't let her tell anyone. It's like, well, I mean, Bess and George is the exception. We know that. Come on. like, <laughs> Well, but, I
1: mean, it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. It's like who she chooses to tell when, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, so at first... We're trusting Senator Kilpatrick over trusting Bess and George. Right. We're trusting that her motives and and her instructions are correct and we need to follow that and not even tell Bess and George. Right. But then later, we do clue Bess and George in and then we don't tell Senator Kilpatrick how we're investigating. like.
0: Why? And then all the steps that they take to avoid Dan and his police officer mm-hmm. crew, like sneaking mm-hmm. out the windows and, right. um, you know, like distracting him so that they can get away and being misleading. Yeah. It's like, why are we going through all these steps just because Nancy's used to doing that or because she thinks that it's going to help the mystery? That's mm-hmm. not really even a mystery, but yeah.
1: Mm hmm. It's fascinating. I mean, like, I definitely think if I were writing the book, I would have played that up a lot better, right? Mm -hmm. Or more, I would have been like, yeah, maybe they are involved. Do some shady foreshadow. I don't know, some kind of something to make us think maybe somehow they're involved, The senator or Dan, whatever. Right. And so that would be why she's not telling them. But they don't really, they don't do that at all in the book. And I think, I think it's just... I think it's supposed to be that Nancy is young and that this is how you have to get things done Mm -hmm. as a young woman. You have to not tell people what you're doing. Real gangsters move in silence kind of (laughs) stuff.
0: What a strategy. Oh, Nancy. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: Teresa's boyfriend is also her coach. Ew. <laughs> why? Why? Okay. Why did they have to be dating? Yeah. I guess because she had to care about him, and he had to have they had to have a special relationship. But then maybe he could have just also been there to play tennis.
0: Yeah. Like why did why? He didn't have to be the coach. I mean, he he could have been like a uh, ball
1: boy. Yeah. Or like i don't know a, trainer, a trainer. Do they have yeah, yeah probably
0: yeah yeah
1: assistant or, yeah
0: just another I mean, that's player be like a said. little weird but like you know and i'm assuming he's significantly older or somewhat yeah old enough yeah. to have been involved with it to be
1: know. a coach yeah that's weird to me first of all aren't like sports coaches typically much older uh, you would think. I don't know.
0: I feel because like if you're going to be a, a lot coach... of coaches
1: previously played, right? Right. I don't know. Maybe that's a simplistic view of, of yeah. who coaches are, but I don't know. It just seems like why do we? If he was really that young, why would we? Why would we have like a 23 year old coach for like the knockout tennis star of like this country? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there would be somebody who has more experience. Why but... not just
0: have it be her boyfriend that's coming along with her, right?
1: Why right. couldn't like That um, would make
0: sense as, like, a way for him to get into the U.S. I can't even remember, I, I'm sure they named her at some point, the chaperone. Why couldn't the chaperone have been the coach and the chaperone? It's like, I'm taking you, and then the boyfriend's also mm-hmm. just coming along for moral support. And then it turns mm-hmm. out he's involved in all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. It's weird. Uh, they love inappropriate relationships in these books, they don't they? They do!
1: The files are full of older men dating these young
0: girls Mm -hmm. always older men always have two friends that come along with him
1: yes it's weird it's weird i know i truly i don't get it i mean like i know we're supposed to have like an interesting exciting book and so we want some like romantic interaction i does not
0: feel romantic
1: to me though it feels weird it does so was this normal in the 80s okay
0: Any of our Uh, listeners
1: who were, like, teens in the 80s, please tell us. Was this, like, just, like, girls having relationships with older men, was that considered normal? Like, would would that have weirded you out in the 80s? Like, I just, that's what I don't, I don't know.
0: I think it was probably normal in the fantasies of these older men in the 80s, but. But this (laughs)
1: isn't written as an older male fantasy. No, no. You know, these books are definitely teen fantasies.
0: Yeah. You know? Is that, are we supposed to, was that the messaging for teens in the 80s? That like, oh, it's really cool if an older guy picks you because you're so mature.
1: Oh, God. Mm. (laughs) And like, listen, I know like that stuff still happens and that messaging still exists. Of course. I just feel like this is really mainstream (laughs) for that. Yeah. You know, like Simon and Schuster, Simon and Schuster signed off on that it just feels like such a big publishing house someone would should have raised some
0: flags about it does does this mean progress looking <laughs> at where we are today versus maybe this? I, let's oh, hope oh. let's hope so trying to give that a silver lining i don't know
1: yeah yeah mm. okay anything else we want to say about
0: this? um i will note uh nancy is described as having red gold hair mm-hmm. which is interesting um and then i also thought it was funny because they do have to specify that when they first get to their hotel and they're like unpacking or whatever nancy brings a travel clock with her yes i, I think just I that. thought that was so fun because it <laughs> just so funny even i mean today we laugh at that and like oh a travel clock i remember like maybe mm-hmm. less than 15 years old traveling with a clock like that was totally mm-hmm. just like a normal thing and mm-hmm. just like i've forgotten it now because we're so far removed from that but it's just like yeah, oh, yeah how nostalgic a travel clock i remember having a travel clock my dad used to have this little
1: travel clock that fit into this little brown case that would unfold and he would always use it to set his alarms on vacation how cute <laughs> You
0: never know so, when you're going to need a clock. and no. I mean, it's not like anybody had a phone back then. It's just oh, but like uh, the times watch? in your pocket. Well, yeah, of course. but <laughs> You
1: could just wear a watch.
0: But a watch doesn't have an alarm on it usually. Yeah, I guess. I guess clock. it's for like waking up because people didn't have phones that did that. I mean, obviously, I, we weren't alive back when this book was set, but did they not supply alarm clocks in hotel rooms back then? I don't know, but... Maybe not, because, you know, wake-up calls used to be a thing. That's true, yeah.
1: Like having the desk call you to wake what? you up.
0: I wonder when that started being the norm. Hmm. Hotels were like, we need people to stop having to travel we with their clocks. We don't need to call people <laughs> More in the
1: morning. We would yeah. have to wake up on their
0: <laughs> Just give everyone their own clock. So I just thought that was a little funny. Yeah, uh, nostalgia throwback that you wouldn't really even think about today until you read something like that. And it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely used to be a thing that we just don't even think about anymore.
1: Oh, okay. So one other thing. So we talked about this book comes right before, um, Two Points to Murder? Two Points to Murder. Yeah. And so we had wondered, you know, is there any, like, Ned drama in this one that might give us a clue that they're about to break up or something? Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot. Of course, he's actually not really in the book until the very end for, like, a page, Right. right? Where he's just mentioned as being there. I don't even think we really speak that much to him. But at the beginning, like, literally on page two, George makes this comment that is so funny. So... So George is just, yeah, irritated because they had flown out here for to see this match. And now Nancy's doing her mystery thing, right? And she's like, oh, like, I wanted to do the activity that we had planned. Right. And she goes, um, let's see, traffic jams wouldn't have been a problem if we'd flown down yesterday the way we planned, George pointed out. Instead of going to that meet the players party last night, we were still in River Heights waiting for your top secret phone call from the senator. You know something? I'm beginning to have a lot more sympathy for Ned Nickerson. well i think it continues from there doesn't it yes nancy's like sympathy for ned like why and she goes oh you mean because he wasn't able to come to the tournament with us so nancy doesn't even understand what george is saying and then bess goes no she means because even ned can't be sure that a mystery won't mess up plans that you've made and george goes Right, I'm sure it's great for Ned to be famous detective Nancy Drew's numero Uno guy, but never knowing when a mystery is gonna spoil a romantic moment must drive him crazy. Nancy goes to Ned and manages, and look who's talking about making boys feel insecure boyfriends feel insecure. She's talking to Bez. Oh my anyway. gosh.
0: Like <laughs> Ned knows he's my main man in any language. Oh, gross. Uh- <laughs>
1: But, like, Nancy, so she acts, like, oblivious.
0: She's like, what do you mean people get upset when I do mysteries instead of the vacations that we planned?
1: Is that a thing? So, so maybe Nancy's insensitivity to Ned is a little bit highlighted in here, which does lead a little bit to their breakup in uh, Two the Points Next to Murder. Book, yeah. But I think, I mean, ultimately, you should listen to our episode on, on that book. Because I think our consensus is that really
0: Ned's, it's Ned's issue that causes them to break up in that particular book absolutely absolutely but right uh... (laughs) so funny oh ned and nancy
1: is ned in the
0: next one you started reading it is he in it um i mean i'm only on chapter three so far and not to to clarify the next book that we're covering not the next book in the series um so far she's like mentioned him they like have a phone call at the start where he's like I'm gonna miss you. By the way, I have an uncle that lives in Texas. Like, if you need anything, you can just call him, kind of thing. But so far, yeah. that's it was just that conversation. Okay, but okay. we'll see. I mean, he might show up, especially because we've foreshadowed you mentioned the, a family the, the uncle. connection, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so okay. we'll see. Exciting. Well, speaking of, maybe we should. Well, no, sorry, Let's we have to do flashlights first. We'll, yes. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything else with du- deadly doubles that you had? I don't
1: think so. No. Okay. Not a, not a great one for me. I think a bit of a dud. How
0: Deadly would you Doubles score it? is a
1: dud. Oh gosh. I think I'd give it a three. Okay. Um, because it's still a file, you know, like yeah. it's still it's still fun. I still appreciate it. I still love all the eighties, 80s, the 80s-ness of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I just think it just didn't hit right. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. So it's very average. Average. Definitely it wasn't bad. Wasn't good. Yeah. I give it a three. I'm, I'm going back and forth between like two and a half and three. Yeah, yeah that's I where know. I was too. Somewhere I was a like two,
1: three, two, three. So two and a half
0: feels accurate. Yeah. Two and a half. We'll, I'll go with that one then. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, then our next one, which as you said, <laughs> I've already started, only started the first little bit here, but it's already way better than this one. Do you want to tell them what we've chosen or what our patrons I, have chosen rather? yes,
1: Our patrons voted on this one. Thank you, Gifted Gumshoes. We are going to be covering case file number 11. Heart of danger. And this is very exciting because yes. it is, as you said, set in Texas. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Let me just read the back of it because honestly, the premise sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Nancy is on the trail of a dangerous kidnapper deep in the heart of Texas. An undercover assignment draws Nancy out West, which, okay, I'm sorry. Stop right away. It's not West. It's south. anyway, When Texas rancher Robert Reigert receives a ransom note demanding half a million dollars for the return of his daughter, Katerina. The problem is, Katerina died in a plane crash 15 years ago. Or did she? With the note is evidence she survived. Posing as the ghostwriter of Reigert's autobiography, Nancy finds that kidnapping is just one of his problems. To begin with, someone is trying to poison him. Then, a stray bullet convinces Nancy she's also in trouble. If Nancy doesn't solve this case fast, she may lose more than her client.
0: (laughs) So obviously I haven't finished it yet, so I hope that the, you know, that it stays just as good as the start for for the rest of the book, but so far we have a book set in Texas, which by the way, that's where we're both from, if y'all aren't (laughs) already, if you didn't know that already, so that's very exciting. I think this is only the second book we've ever read that's set in Texas. The first one was Shockwaves last year. Yeah. Um, but also some like strong Shadow Ranch vibes, which we mm-hmm. love. And then I'll also just like tease that I'm feeling some knives out vibes as well. If y'all y'all are fans of the Knives Out series, I think you'll probably like this one just based on how it starts and everything. So I'm so very excited. excited to cover it. Yeah.
1: Yes. Ooh. Yes. So fun. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Also Nancy's wearing a bolo tie on the cover of yes. it. <laughs> if
0: that makes anybody excited. Like it makes me excited. This is a great cover, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. okay who is that guy then i thought he's supposed to be old that's not the billionaire is it no he has a bunch of
0: cowboys that work for him on his ranch oh, okay. so i think that that's just oh, one of his ranch hot hands cowboys mm-hmm. yeah. sign
1: me up for yeah. hot cowboys yeah <laughs> oh so exciting okay yes. well join us next time then regular drews for case file number 11 heart of danger yeah we'll see you then see you then. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd.
0: You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive
1: early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you Regular Drews out
0: there,